to episode two of Tandits of the Better World. I am... God. Okay, I'm changing colors. I'm not green anymore. I'm going to be pink. I'm pink. And I'll be purple. Because purple's cool. Nice. Yeah. It's like this blanket I'm wearing. Super comfortable. Oh, God. It's so fucking cold in here. I can't. Uh. Yeah, global warming. Thumbs down. Right? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely not true. Even though that was a really hot summer. Yeah. Thank God Trump is really bringing the temps back down. Reversing all the shit that Obama did for us. Thanks, yeah. Obama. <laughs> Fuck. Yep. Uh, but man, is it nice in your armchair. Holy cow. You feel downright civilized for once. I bet it's even nicer in your armchair, dear listener. Which is mm. probably comfortable because you do so well for yourself. Hopefully you're nestled in with hot chocolate and marshmallows and you're ready to think about um, unicorns and rainbows and systematized social injustice um oh god is that what we in, in that order no not in that order but i think all of those are good things i think we'll get them all at the same time actually oh really well maybe not but i think yeah you know you know what yeah let's fuck it okay so uh last episode was kind of a shit show a beautiful shit show but a shit show and so Just i like think this one. yeah we were off to a great start right now um, but I think what we should do is, we talked about it, right? Um, kind of establish a framework, uh, so that people know kind of what we're aiming to do. And I'm sure we'll change it in two episodes anyway, but at least we can have a goal from the beginning. Yep. Um, so this cool. was, this, this, I mean, a lot of this was your idea. So what's your, what's whoa, your mission? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it was our idea. You're the one okay. that came to me and said, let's do a podcast. Okay. Well, I did that, but like the specific theme was really your drive here. Although yeah. I'm hundred percent on board. So okay. what, tell us about your goal, your mission. Uh, my mission with this is to talk about the larger concepts around making a better world. Okay. And the things preventing it. And, uh, yeah, I think that's essentially it. So we're going to talk about a lot of different things. But and also the idea of a better world, but we're not going to do it in a very concise or organized way because you know what, that sounds like someone else's job. Hopefully, it's somewhat fun to listen to. But if not, fuck you. Turn this off anyway. I mean, you probably will anyway. But I mean, wow. don't okay, don't go. We need you. Well, we let's, need let's you. Dial it back. A you're, you're one of three people listening to this <laughs> podcast, so that includes both of us. Just, so you, you we need out, you. Please don't go. You say fuck you. Turn this off. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have that many people, viewers, to lose. I'm playing. I'm playing the long game, with our listeners. Okay. So you're hoping that people come back and listen to this, and then like immediately be like, "Oh yeah, they are up their asses," and then just no. just turn it off. So, I mean, we definitely are up our asses. So I apologize for Pink's remark there. It's okay. They know it's you know just me teasing. They know me really well at this point. <laughs> yeah, probably. So. It's been like what, fifteen minutes together? Yeah. Well, no. First episode will be longer than 15. And yeah. actually, the first episode is really intimate, too. So we uh-huh. got... Mm, that was a great start. Robot <laughs> sex. We got, At some point, we need to revisit robot we sex. That really made me happy. Did we not finish it? <laughs> you never finish with robot sex. Yeah, because they can just keep going, because they're robots. Exactly. And same with us. Uh, All right, so. Uh, okay. Better world. Visions of paradise. Uh, well, shouldn't we talk about why they should listen to us first? Oh, yeah. Why should you listen to us? Um... Well, you shouldn't. Yeah, that's, that's my conclusion, too. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't think we necessarily have a ton of new perspectives, but I think... I think we got some new perspectives. I, I, new-ish. We're, we're like, we're like okay. tertiary sources. Yeah, we don't we don't bring expertise, but we do bring... I don't know. 
Yeah, like you said, tertiary. I like tertiary. <laughs> tertiary sources. It's like less, less credible like, than secondary. Well, I mean, it's like more we can we consolidate secondary sources. We gotta, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Although we're putting our own spin on it, so. Yeah. So what's the encyclopedia? Where we're like a book about history would be the secondary source, and the the first hand account would be the primary source. We're like a shitty encyclopedia that like has huge chunks missing and like spends half of its text complaining about. Have you read an encyclopedia before? Uh, not all of it. I've read a little bit. Really? Mm-hmm. You got like to AA or. I just pulled some pages out of Britannica when I was in, like, fifth grade, I think. Boring. I know. It wasn't that special. But you must have just been a riot at school. Yeah, I was... I was popular, let me tell you. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Tell me. Getting mad chicks. Oh, I bet. Fifth grader. Fifth grade, yep. Yep, good stuff. That's all... That's what it's all about in fifth grade. I haven't been a looker since, like, first grade. <laughs> and it's been... I haven't been a looker since my mom said I was cute when I was born. That's like, that's like, that's it. It's all been downhill from there. Well, I mean, it hasn't stopped you, right? Uh, I mean, whatever. I mean, it's not about that. This it's about, is it's about, it's about fulfillment and love and romance. Yeah, and, boring. <laughs> and robot sex in that order. Um, okay, so you shouldn't listen to us, but if we want, if you want to, we hope you will. I mean, uh, uh, theoretically, our ideas are better... Or maybe not better, like enunciated, but better supported than your standard like celebrity tweet. Yeah, but like not that much better. I mean, we're not like experts. Well, theoretically, we we have. I don't think much of our our knowledge is wrong. Where I couldn't say the same about a lot of celebrities out there, but. But I think celebrities will say the same about themselves. Whatever. It's you, fine. you think that they don't have you say that they think that they don't have good knowledge? I'm saying that they think they're right, just like we think our our we are right. So That doesn't fine. make we, us equally right, okay. It's just, just so you know. Okay, that's actually good we should talk about that. We should talk about how different constructions of knowledge and relativity of knowledge doesn't mean that um one can't objectively be true. Yeah, before I mean, we talk about anything actually, okay. this brings up a good point called um Oh, false equivalency. Right, right. It's, it's the alt-right yeah. thing. And I feel like false equivalency plays a dramatically, dramatic role in our in our society today, and it really shouldn't, okay? It really shouldn't. But it definitely does. Yeah, like if you, uh, even if you talk to people of our generation, there's still this idea of false equivalency. And for those who don't know, false equivalency is this idea that two things are bad, which makes them equally bad. So like me stealing, uh, like... A bag of Cheetos would be as bad as... Me stealing the vanilla wafer from his bag that I stole ten minutes ago. Well, oh, you did? I did, yeah. I'm sorry. Bastard! I really wanted it. Um, it would be the same as, like, someone committing murder. They're both bad things, so, like, they're both bad people, right? Which, actually, you could see played out a lot in last year's election. With yeah. these emails, they're so bad. But her emails! But, like, ah, so, many, so many different things. Trump versus like the only thing they really have in her was the, those emails, right? And that foundation or something. And but I still okay, it's okay, it's not undercover, but I still like browse occasionally. I like check in to see what different alt right sites are like buzzing about right now. And still, like a solid half is Hillary Clinton bullshit. And it's like, can you move on? It's been a year. I was actually, um, 
one of my one of my classmates was giving a presentation about Iowa of all places. And Iowa. Like, it was like a, a video about Iowa and like why Iowa was the shit or something. Okay. And like like in the ad because school computers don't have ad block. There was like this little like small YouTube ad at the bottom of the screen. It was like a uh, hold Hillary Clinton accountable. And then they had like this website, and I was like. That's some dark shit, right? This says a lot about Iowa, too. <laughs> I mean, no, no. People, there's a lot of people in Iowa. I'm Iowa. just teasing. Actually, but. Iowa has been voting, voting Democrat generally, just not in the last election. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm just throwing shade. But, um, yeah, but like, I mean, the, the, the discourse around Hillary Clinton in, among the alt-right is, like, it's scary. Like, they, they think that she is the devil, and they want her to, like, be punished. They want her to suffer. They want her to rot in prison. Like, it's bad. And, like, the whole lock her up thing is, like, it's, I mean, I don't know. It's definitely a huge sexist thing at the same time. Oh, yeah, no, totally. It was I mean, literally, like, I mean, maybe not the most qualified person ever, but pretty damn close to being president right. versus the least qualified person ever. Just right, right. And, I mean, that's not to say that there aren't valid objections to Hillary Perhaps. Clinton as a candidate, but... I mean, there's no candidate who doesn't have val- you know, valid objections against, I would say. Um, but there's no candidate who doesn't have for more Stein. valid <laughs> objections perfection. to than Donald Trump. Oh, Jill Stein, you were so close to perfect. <laughs> if so... only your policies on vaccines and nuclear were a little less insane. What would she say about nuclear? Um, she was just, I think, super against it. Um, I don't know that much of her nuclear. Actually, that was talking out of my ass. But vaccines, she's very anti-vax, and that's no bueno. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gosh, I these these frozen strawberries I'm eating were probably vaccinated. Everything's vaccinated. Yeah, cows get like a ridiculous amount of antibiotics and they like, become a resistant. They're gonna the pandemic's gonna kill us all. But you know what? That's not even a topic for another day. Because this podcast is vaccinated. Is you it? Go, yeah, yeah. You go and listen. You'll be immune to all sorts of things. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's it. We should market it like that. It's uh, it's uh, it's it's ideological. Vaccination. vaccination. It, pr- it protects you against the scary world outside that's going to try and corrupt your ideas. I don't know if we can claim all that. Trust in us with all things. Just, yes. Don't listen to anyone else. We're the one source of knowledge. It's just us. Mm. L- l- like I always say, um, trust only Caesar, right? <laughs> <laughs> in this case, it's us. Um, but yeah, like false equivalency. Yep. Big part of the election, big part in everyday life. You'll start noticing it more. Hopefully that's enough to help you notice it. And what do you do about it? Oh, fucking no. It's like... Just call it out when you see it. Being like, that's some bullshit. It's like when I recognize that this podcast is bad, and then I go listen to another podcast, and I say, well, that's bad too, so it's okay that ours is bad. There you go. It's just Mm -hmm. not... It's not true. It doesn't change the fact that ours is still bad. Yeah. Recommended me. Oh, cut, cut! You, you did it before. It's fine. I'll, I I'll did it before. Them. Yeah, you did. Okay. I'll. I mean, we have to listen to all this and screen it. So. Okay. Um, Pink recommended me some podcasts. Now listen to them, and I was like, "This is trash." I just turned it off. Yeah, whatever. It's because you had no taste. But I'm not gonna call them out because you know they're probably people I'm listen not, to. I'm pod- not gonna call out bad podcasts. I'll call out good podcasts. I think you should go listen to. There you to. go. What, yeah. What? Uh, my brother, my brother, and me. I'm a huge fan. Favorite podcast ever. They're so incredible. And I mean, they don't necessarily focus on issues, but they're they're really good. Um, there are other podcasts on their network that are really good too. Uh, Throwing Shade is a really good one. Um, I don't know. They do good stuff. They do good stuff. Start there. I won't. I won't. Okay. Well, let's, I mean, everyone who wa- listens to podcasts will probably give you a whole fucking long list 
of things you should go listen to because right once you get started it's like it's like a, it's like heroin i mean if i send you over to another podcast that's better you're less likely to come back here so that's bad yeah, but at the same time go listen to better ones <laughs> so okay uh, what's next? So no, we did, we didn't finish up why they should listen to us. We're still on that topic. Holy I shit! I feel like we we tangented. We did much well, as hey, our namesake would suggest. Yeah, at least we're honest about our theme. But I don't think we ever got around to because I, I was dishing on celebrities, and then we got into the 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 matter of like we're not equally wrong, right? Well, I guess I would say that I hope, um, I hope you don't listen to us just because you agree with our ideas, right? That's, that always bothers me when people only listen to media because they agree with it. I hope that you will listen to us because hopefully we can challenge some of your ideas or your assumptions. Or if you just outright disagree with us, I hope that you'll stick around. Um, I'll try not to be too snarky about people I disagree with. I will a little bit just because I need some place to vent my frustration. But Me and you debated robot sex. We didn't agree. We still that's fair. Agree. Yeah, I mean, we won't agree with each other. And I think <laughs> I think for the sake of argument, that's a really healthy thing. So, um, yeah. I don't know. We shouldn't build a monolithic empire here. Because <laughs> we totally have the means to do that. What do you mean? Like, just us talking to each other? I'm just saying we should we should avoid dogma between ourselves, too. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Can you define that? I mean, if we just... Okay, real talk. I mean, if we just assume that uh, a Democratic Party candidate like Hillary Clinton is, like, the good choice or the sane choice yeah. or whatever, that's really bad and that's really toxic and that's part of the problem that's gotten us here from the beginning. Um, so I think we should definitely be careful to avoid that. I'm going to move the mic. God, it's so cold. Um, yeah, so I mean, we definitely have opinions and we'll stick to them, but I hope that our listeners will question those ideas just as we try to question um, media ideas. and events that uh, come across our plate and that we discuss here. Yeah. Is that enough for that topic? Can we move on? Yeah, sure. Let's move on. Okay. Hey, you seem done with it. I don't want to harp about why they shouldn't listen to us for 13 minutes. <laughs> We're almost at 14 minutes. Well, we tangented. It happens. Okay, next topic. Uh, Paradise. So our our whole idea here is to try to to think of ideas about what a better world might look like. Think of things preventing a better world in the world. So we have to kind of talk about how we imagine a better world because like, some people might imagine it totally differently, and so all these things don't make sense to them because no. they think a better world might be like an anarcho-capitalist one with or whatever. But proceeds to vomit. No, I mean, but I mean that's that's good. It's also part of the problem, but it's a good problem to have that a bunch of people are fighting for different ideals and visions, and um, there, we'll, we'll probably have some differences. I doubt we'll disagree that much, but we'll probably have some. Someone once said, like, little good or. Maybe it was little evil would have been done in this world if evil could not be done in the name of good. So. Yeah, that's clever. Yeah, it wasn't me, but it was someone else. It wasn't me. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, that's good. And I mean, I think in general you're a bit, as, re- as listeners will discover, um, purple? You're purple. Uh, purple's going to be a bit more of an optimist than I am, I think. Um, but that's good. We'll fight back and forth over this and it should be enjoyable. So, yeah, I mean, I know that's really important because uh, it's so easy to get bogged down now in um, the things that are bad, specifically how they will probably not get better. Um, And I think every once in a while a reminder that there are ways to make it better and that it can be better is important because you don't want to accept the status quo. If you do that, the man wins. 
Uh, yeah, I'm working on a bunch of different like theories about how to make a better world. And the, the thing that's in common with all of them is that the first thing you have to do to, to make a better world is to imagine a better world. Yeah. And then you can work towards that. You can make up the difference in between those two. The state of the world currently and how you'd like to see it. Yeah. I mean, two hours ago, I didn't have frozen strawberries. And then I imagined having frozen strawberries in my life. And then I went and got them. Yeah. And now I have frozen strawberries. And spoiler alert, I mean, my life isn't like that much better for having frozen strawberries. But like, it's better. And did you imagine having those frozen strawberries before we went to the store? No. Oh, so you're saying that the store influenced your imagination by presenting you with frozen strawberries. Yeah, I mean... Think of all the things that were presented to you that might make a better world. Right. And that's our job here. It's a syncretic process. We're trying to take you to the grocery store of ideas. I think I like that better than we're the vaccine of ignorance or something. (laughs) Vaccine Vaccine against ignorance sounds kind of... I don't know. Catchy and elitist, which I guess is sort of what we do anyway, so... Um. All right. So we talked about the nature of paradise. Well, we talked about paradise, but we haven't talked about our versions of paradise. Tell me about your version of paradise. Oh gosh! See, like when we originally planned this podcast, I was hoping to create like a rigorous, like philosophically defensible image of paradise. We can still do that. Don't say it's not. At some happen. point, it might happen, but I don't not have for a that while. ready right now. No, neither do I. But I guess my personal paradise would be a a tower. I want to live in a tower one day by the by the ocean somewhere, probably the northern ocean. Uh, by northern, I mean. What do you mean by northern ocean? <laughs> uh, like with with uh with. You mean like the Arctic? Coniferous Arctic? trees, but also deciduous trees. Wait, coniferous or carnivorous? Coniferous. Conifers. You conifers. Okay. Con- conifer is trees. Is okay. there a term for that? Uh, gymnosperms. Gymnosperms. <laughs> such a... The fact that you know that? Yeah, angiosperms are so, uh, Some gingersperms and angiosperms. No, gymnosperms. Ger- gymnosperms. Cone-bearing trees, yes. Cone-bearing trees. Actually, I want some deciduous trees in there, too. But, but generally, a lot of trees by the ocean. Probably in B.C., Columbia, Canada... There you go. BC Columbia. <laughs> BC Canada. Um, so so, tower, ocean, trees, Canada. Uh, maybe not Canada it's because a low level vision of your. I, I might tear down Canada because you know who knows what's gonna happen. This is a catastrophe. Um, I, I want like an, oh oh I know what I want. Take take all it back. Scratch it. New idea of paradise. Okay. I once watched this video about tree grafting. So that's where you take the part of one tree and you put it on another tree. Yep. And so, so this guy, like, who was in the video, talked about how he would graft trees. Yep. And like, and he noticed like how they would bloom, and so he then planned out the cycles of their their bloomage, and he proceeded to like make art from their blooming over time. And so I want like a bunch of those trees around my tower hmm. with flowers by the sea, some sheep, some dogs. Uh, yeah. It's and you're going to do all this work yourself? The bloom wood? I'm not going to graft those trees. That's <laughs> my profession. Okay, so your vision of paradise has inherent problems. Well, I mean, it, ha- it has other people. I'm not saying... like. So it, they're going to do the work for you? I'm going to serve them, too, okay? Okay. I'll do anything. Oh, okay. Anything. Just keep my bloomers blooming. Keep my, my bloom trees blooming, yes. And there are things that are definitely inherent to this. Like, 
I would want all the problems I see in the world solved before I went off and reclused myself to write and roller skate and dance and stuff. Okay, so your paradise is basically just you, but your paradise would also imply a greater world that is just. Well, that's why I'm saying I wanted the philosophically rigorous paradise that I don't have. Like, obviously there would be justice and whatnot in the world. Okay, so you're, was... you're putting just a footnote on it saying my paradise is a house in the middle of a larger paradise that I'm not going to describe. Yeah, okay. You Maybe you say yours, and then we'll come back to mine. And maybe, like, given what you say, I'll give you some of my ideas on those categories. Okay. Uh, my paradise priorities in this order are... Um, oh, look at you. <laughs> one, unlimited Chipotle burritos. Ooh. I cannot get enough of Chipotle. Um, someday, if we ever monetize this, I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. But, you know, right now, fuck why, it, I love Chipotle. They're great. Well, you don't want to mention brand names in general. You don't. If why you're going to, like, sell ads, because then you're giving away your product for free. Oh. Your product being corporate So we're giving away free advertising to Chipotle. They earned it. <laughs> okay. Their barbacoa burritos are the shit. Um, anyway, <laughs> okay. um, so that would have unlimited access to Chipotle barbacoa unlimited burritos Chipotle. with hot... Salsa, sour cream, cheese, lettuce, um, black beans, white rice. Um, Does someone make those burritos? Yes. Oh, so you're saying there's a hierarchy in no, your paradise. hold on, hold on. Some level um, of service here? So that's, that that's my number one priority. My number two priority would be a world uh, uh, where the concept of the country or the nation was abolished. Okay. There were no such thing as countries or nations. Um, and... I actually do totally believe that is a possible thing, especially with oh. the advent of the internet. Oh. Um, and that's actually an idea that's been around for a long Dude, time. We're, we're going we're gonna to dig into that idea. Yeah. I mean, I was perusing uh, a book called One World a little while ago. I think it came out in the 60s. Because um, I, was, I was reading it because um, Linus Pauling wrote a foreword for it, and I was reading some stuff by Linus Pauling. Um, anyway, the point is, this has been around for a long time, the idea that um, nationalism isn't an inherent thing and i'm not convinced that it's an inherently good thing i mean no, it, it's a destructive spot yeah i mean it, it it can help for people within that country if they fit into the mold of the idealized citizen but i'm from the future 20 years from now and i can tell you right now that, that nationalism has not led us down a good a good path thanks future purple i appreciate that um future purple uh, so yeah, my my world would not have that. Uh, I mean, tribalism is totally human nature, but it can be counteracted and uh, trained out of the youth. Um, Whoa! Are you talking about brainwashing the youth? <laughs> Sorry, I'm talking about dunking them in universe juice. <laughs> Perspective. Two of the universe. Listen, and a ginkgo leaf, right? God. Anyway. Um, yeah, so my vision, my, my world would have that. Um, I mean, it's always hard to imagine a paradise in terms of social contracts just because in a governed state, there is an inevitable tension between liberties and freedoms. Oh, so you're saying that you're, there's no government? No, I, I, I think there has to be some kind of government. I'm just saying the extent, the, 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 the difference, the, the, where we would fall on the liberties and freedoms axis is uh, difficult. I'm not sure where to place that in my ideal world, right? Okay. In my ideal world, everybody would do be able to do whatever they want, and everybody would be perfectly free from harm. But those two ideas are immediately at odds with each other. Well, you say that, well, 
now, but we, we might enter a world much like that in the future when all the, the necessary things are done for us. So people like could literally do nothing if they wished and still have things provided for them and sure. not be a problem. Okay, even if that were the case, people would still hurt each other just for the sake of it because people are bad people. But um, but you're right, okay, yeah. Okay, I'll imagine a paradise where that's possible, where everyone, truly everyone, can pursue their heart's desires, find freedom and opportunity, um, find uh, acceptance in an inclusive group of peers, um, not be bombarded by Fox News or Alex Jones. Um, okay. I mean... Well, no, I mean, like... Oh, sorry, go on. No, I'm just... Uh, I'm just... I'm just <laughs> so frustrated. Like, okay, so postmodernism has done a lot for us in terms of recognizing that um, there are kind of monolithic constructions of knowledge, but at the same time, the idea that there are a million different constructions of knowledge, it's true, but if you privilege all of them equally, that's really bad. And that's one of the reasons we've gotten here. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that members of the alt-right are um, experts in postmodernism, but I'm saying tolerance of that kind of thing um, is, while perhaps a postmodern idea, also a really toxic one if it gets out of hand. One of the things I remember noting after the election last year, that, I mean, it might not be original, but I think I, I came to it originally. I'd like to say maybe not, but it was this idea that we came to postmodernism from the wrong direction like okay. we, we didn't we didn't achieve it through some kind of enlightenment. We achieved it through like some kind of like endarkenment almost. Okay. So but, it was used for the wrong ends, I would say. Or it we came we came to it by the wrong ends. And we, I mean probably it's still used by the wrong ends too. So But yeah. Go on with your paradise. When it comes to postmodernism, never take the back door. That's all I'm saying. I feel like when it comes to a lot of things, just go in the front. Well, I mean I mean, yeah. I mean, unless this? you're into that kind of stuff, and that's totally fine. You can do backdoor stuff. I, it's not necessarily in my personal paradise, but that doesn't mean that it can't be in. Like, yeah, my, there paradise, you go. my paradise would allow backdoors for other people in all sorts of ways. Are <laughs> you sure? Just not the one way. Just... I I'm all about multiplicities of doorage. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, those are probably the most important things in my paradise. My paradise would definitely privilege um, creativity, arts, music, writing. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's definitely a, that's that's personal bias. Um, okay. I mean, I think on a, on a broader note, human expression would be really important for me in my paradise. Um, I just, I just think about how much hostility there is, but I also think that if we didn't have um, clans and tribalism and if we were able to overcome those things, it's actually remarkable how willing people are to meet you halfway um, as long as they don't identify you as an outgroup. Um, outgroups kind of throw all that in the shitter, but um, until that point, I mean, if people see you as being like them, um, if you bring vulnerability to the table, they will meet you halfway a lot of the time. It sounds like some, some fucking, like beta male <laughs> bullshit you're bringing up. All right, no, I'm kidding. All right, your turn. It's a joke. Okay, yeah, yeah. Ah. I feel like we're gonna what? I'm just so so you had Chipotle burritos abolish the nation and 
personal freedoms and back doors. So you just... In that order, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, as a sensible person, would abolish the Chipotle burrito. And what? I'm just kidding. What? Um, Idiot. No. Uh, people that want Chipotle burritos can have them. I think. I think where where my where my paradise comes is this. Idea. Is everywhere. A yeah, all over, just everything. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Nice. Okay, continue. I would say the foundation of my paradise is the idea that work sucks. No one wants to work. Yep. People ought to like. You could say that people choose to work now, like, but that's that's a lie. People have to work to survive. Yep. So in the near future, automation will eliminate the vast majority of jobs. Yep. Which brings with it a lot of dangers. But yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of dangers. Let's imagine we'll it goes down the right it. way. Let's imagine it goes the, down the, the right way. The best possible way is what I'm describing. Sure. So everyone will be provided for because all these jobs are done. And from that, they could pursue whatever ends they, they choose. Yep. I would... I would say I also think the nation ought to be abolished and replaced with an international kind of government with like less with much less power I, I would I would concentrate power within the like local community. Fucking Republican. Kidding. More than within like the, the larger like nation or something. I think uh, the the goal of this international like body would be to ensure that these smaller communities don't like go off the deep end and also to direct humanity towards like larger goals such as space colonization or egalitarian well, research it doesn't work that simply because i mean obviously it doesn't work that simply i know i'm just saying like you can't give complete free reign to local communities because um in any organized far-reaching state that has um, development and access to a variety of goods um, that requires kind of forced cooperation between a lot of different climates and countries, right? Oh, yes. Um, like, if you want your spices for your fucking food that you make every night, yeah, God, I need those you need cooperation from other communities very far away from here. No, I, I, you have make a, very, make a very good point. Like, I, I oppose the nation state, but I, I am very globalist. I, I am You're all pro about... spice. I am pro-spice. I am pro-cooperation around the world. I am pro-just homogenization of all peoples. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, oh, okay. Homogenization of all peoples. That's great. But what about their cultures? Do we do we abolish variant cultures? No. Culture is where it gets kind of hard. Right. Well, culture is part of the Because also, like, you could say that... Culture is part of the problem here, though, too. What do you mean? You're, well, it's the strength and the problem. Yeah, right? it definitely culture, it prevents paradise in a lot of ways. Because culture gives you an identity and a group of people you can bond with, but at the same time, it also then puts the other ninety percent of the world in an outgroup. Yeah, and also we like say culture is this, this inherent good, although often some cultures are bad in some ways. Like southern uh, racism, Latin America is a- culture, a little bit is like. We, we very much value the masculine independence, right? Yeah. And other cultures might devalue women or whatnot. Well, American culture does that too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. also, you're totally right there. So. I mean, I think you could argue that Confederate culture sometimes. Um, like, 
I don't think it's bad for you to identify as being someone from the South, but I do think it's bad for you to identify with a heritage that is so staunchly pro-racism and pro-slavery. Um, so, I mean, some culture, cultural heritage brings a lot of baggage is what I'm trying to say. And that's like a more obvious example, but I think examples yeah. across the board have that in their history books. Yeah, definitely. And so, so homogenizing, I think some cultures and traditions ought to be maintained but perhaps they should be maintained but only the white european ones no like obviously only the white european obviously i I think the the other cultures around the world should be maintained perhaps in a way that addresses the fact that we as a world have have new ideas now whether or not they're better i mean is that's uh, hard. It doesn't, it doesn't work because obviously the the enlightened postmodernists would say no culture is better than another, right? Right. Well, but that's the thing is if you're trying to impose one kind of the, one world uh, for everybody, um, that means everyone is working together, and you have to establish some sort of common ground framework for that cooperation, and that becomes a forced culture everywhere. Yeah. And I mean, if you take that to to its ends, um, at some point that culture would need to be uniform everywhere. And the only room that it would be allowed to change is in cosmetic differences on the top, like what kind of music you like or what kind of food you eat. Um, those are important aspects of culture, but those are also very cosmetic, very shallow aspects of culture too. I mean, that's a, I am not so sure that the end would inevitably be like everything's the same except cosmetic. But are you so sure about it? Sure. Hey. Okay. I don't know that reference. Oh, it's it's an old um, literary reference. The guy named Saussure, he was really influential in creating postmodernism. He talked about... Okay, we'll get into that later. Continue. <laughs> I was going to say... Saussure is a guy. He's, I think it's important to maintain cognitive diversity as well. Okay? I say okay. homogenization, but I would say like that in the sense that people like need to, to mix up a little bit then they need to get experience new ideas. Get frisky with the gene pool, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, like maybe actually, we can cut this out if you don't think it's it's it's, go, it's go, a little too extreme. Go but, for it; it's fine. Well, like like J- Japan, we talked about this last week uh, or last podcast or whatever, has like a population problem. Yep. You know, Nigeria has the opposite population. Oh, problem. God. So, oh, so my plan I hope you're not going where I think was to going. send the Nigerians to Japan. <laughs> there you go. Oh, God. That's, that's so what I'm talking about when it comes to homogenization. Right, but that becomes... Except now it's a population. It like becomes authoritarian so quickly. It's well, I mean, obviously, you would force that to happen. Over time, this would happen, okay? I'm not, I'm not like, so directing the Nigerians to Japan. So your version of paradise is one where people naturally self-govern in a way that is most helpful and beneficial to the entire world. No, obviously, that's too rosy a picture. Because that's what it would require for a bunch of Nigerians to go over to Japan willingly. Well, the thing is, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be Nigerians going to Japan. No, there's anything specific about that. And Nigerians, it has to do with like, the, idea of, like, the like, idea of willingly crossing cultural borders. If you, if you remove these way. borders, all the, uh, all the things start to blend together. Like, slowly over time, but over time it'll all become uniform. And that's kind of what I think a better world would look like. A more uniform, less divided world. And those divisions are what I'm saying should be homogenized. I'm not necessarily saying, like, Nigerians to Japan by decree of the emperor. Okay. Just let us get that population up. (laughs) No. 
Let's get those numbers up. Come on now. Come on. Up. Come on. And Japanese people, go to Japan. Get those numbers down. Okay. Oh, jeez. Everybody play musical chairs with your country. Just up, switch, <laughs> down. Up, switch. That down. would honestly be like very... That would be bizarre. <laughs> it's very effective. If you took all the shit that like Africa has been given by like the, the European countries, you say, okay, like people from these countries... Since, since France colonized you, and, and then they stole your riches, go to France and all the French people, go, go, go live in the place you ransacked. Or... What if, here's a thought, what if every person on the planet was given a number randomly, <laughs> 1 through 50, and that meant that you then had to go live in one of 50 zones that were divided up in the world. So you were, you and everyone else were randomly distributed across the globe. Honestly, that doesn't sound like the worst idea I've ever heard. It, it's it sounds pretty close to the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> it's, it's like up there in terms of bad ideas. Well, it would have a lot of benefits. It would also have a lot of consequences. A lot of consequences. <laughs> the benefits would be that we would learn to see each other as people. Maybe. But we'd still have all these divisions. There wouldn't be any parentage. You right. There's no cultural ties. No history. Because the thing, the thing that frustrates me is that. Um, Sometimes we see chaos as the only way to break out of um, structured structural inequality, but at the same time, sometimes chaos just creates opportunities for more inequality to be put in place. I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago who said revolutions almost always end badly. Yeah. And thinking about it, he was unfortunately kind of right. Yeah. American too. <laughs> Not as bad as, like, I would say, Russian. Or French. I right. mean, although, you know what? The French Revolution... Magnificent. Or I don't know how to speak. Magnifique. Magnifique, yes. I don't know if that's right. It, it is great. a great uh, event on the historical stage, which has... What was... Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't fucking... It's fine. I don't know good accents, man. It's fine. I don't have them either. But, uh, although, actually, we have an accent. We just can't hear it. I mean, that's... <clears throat> everybody has an accent. Although I have heard the Northwest accent is relatively, like, ambiguous as far as accents go. Like, we have the newscaster accent, I've heard, which is like... What is the... I, that it means, sound like something I want. It means that, like, it's the same as, as you find a newscaster in everywhere. We can just get can displaced here or there. And people will be able to understand this because that's how their newscaster talks. Or something. I don't know. Look it up. So we're like the white bread of white culture. Like. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Okay, we're, yes. We're like, we're like Exactly. Okay, have you been to the large city that's a couple miles up the road? That's apparently the whitest city in the nation where we live. Just the whitest <laughs> big city. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Yeah, I've been there. So, we are the whitest bread of the, the white culture. Yeah. Well, gotta live in the pot we made. Yeah, I mean... I don't well, the, point is, the whole culture. point of this podcast is to break out of that pot, too. Yeah, exactly. It's to homogenize a little bit. So, get those ideas from yep. across those. Yeah, mix. Mix a little bit. Mix it up. Yeah. Mix it up. So, I've covered, like, like boundaries, homogenization... But I do want to maintain cognitive diversity because cognitive diversity is very important. It's what do you mean by cognitive diversity? Versus difference of ideas, difference of perspectives, difference oh. of range of perspectives. Like so what's can, the relationship between that and culture? See, homogenization would lead to maybe just a 
poor choice. It's not a well-marketed choice, the, the word homogenization, but homogenization generally leads to the same things being present everywhere. Right. Which, like, if you think to talk economically about opportunities right. and, like, freedoms, that's all good. And that's what I want. But, like, thought-wise, I would want, like, the same kind of foundation. I mean, maybe right. this is what you were getting at. I want the same kind of foundation of these are the things that are expected of a human being. Not expected of, but, like, are granted to a human being. And these are the things that, like, make them human or whatnot. But yeah, I would want a diversity of, like, thoughts about, like, what more should we offer or what should... Or like, what could we do? What could we become? Like, what kind of stories can we tell? Like, just right. a multitude problem, of perspectives beyond just the one perspective that creates the better world or whatnot. Yeah, true. But I mean, cognitive, I would argue that one of the biggest elements, factors in cognitive diversity is cultural diversity, right? I mean, culture leads to different kinds of cognition and thought, and that's one of the strengths of it. Right? Yeah. Well, no, I think I think you're right. I just I'm thinking about my my idea of paradise. Yep. I'm thinking about how it affects this because, like, even if you maintain boundaries and just provided everyone with the same, you maintain the boundaries of nations and provided everyone with the same kind of economic and like political rights, you would affect culture in a way because people wouldn't have to struggle for X, Y, or Z as much, and they'd be more willing to talk, and so. You you end up going more towards a a unified or a slightly more homogenized culture, and honestly, it might be worth that sacrifice. Hmm. A little bit of of, of cognitive, uh, what was the term? Uh, diversity. diversity. At the at the at the expense of, I mean, making a better world. I mean, the opposite. The glorious revolution. A better world at the cost of a little bit of cognitive diversity. Okay. I mean, you didn't, we, we didn't fully explore the, like, what kind of consequences your paradise would have. I bet it would come at equally cognitive diversity loss. That's a false equivalency false, right there. False equivalency? No, no, no. You were talking about abolishing the nations and liberties and freedoms and shit. Like, I feel like we haven't really said the much that's different. Yet. No, that's what I was going to say is that our, our world's sound actually very similar. Very similar. So, Except mine has Chipotle and yours does not, so mine is inherently better. Well, I, I, I tear down the capitalist institution that is Chipotle. <laughs> I mean, I'm not best buddies with the CEO. I just love the fucking recipe. That's all I'm saying. So you nationalize the recipe. <laughs> just then uh, Anybody sure. can make Chipotle in their home. Great. Or you have like a, a 3D printer that prints Chipotle burritos for what you. I would, what I would want is some sort of communal chipotle bar in the center of every urban unit <laughs> so you good. have you have urban dwellings in some sort of this is this is like my cultural view this is like combining suburbia with excellence you have a bunch of houses together in a place and in the center of that place is a chipotle bar where okay. everyone can come and freely get access to their burritos and on top of that is a roller rink that also doubles as a dance hall. Perfect. And at the very bottom, underneath the ground, is a laser tag arena. And, and below that is where they keep all the utilities, like internet. Yeah, because there's like a there's a lot of internet infrastructure here. Internet is blazing fast in our world. Yeah. Blazing, blazing fast. And, and even farther below that is the brothel. <laughs> Just cause... Perfect. The, the robot brothel, okay. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sounds great. Where's the weed shop? 
uh, it's not my paradise, man. <laughs> but but in my paradise, there would still be a weed shop for the people that partake. Okay. There you go. I I just personally wouldn't partake, and I would and I would want them to not like. It would be like odor free weed. There would be a strain that would be invented by some very kind guy, so I wouldn't have to smell that disgusting smell. Oh, odor free weed. Okay, I thought you said ogre free weed. And I was no, like, no. what? Odor free weed. All right. What topic now? I think that's I think that's enough on that. I, think one. We, I feel like I didn't get okay. <laughs> it's too far into paradise, but you know what? We'll come back to it because I got a lot more to say. It's a lot more philosophically rigorous. Well, you want to do a little bit more before we're going to say on this topic then? But no, next topic is probably a good idea. Okay. Um, whatever that is. Whatever is it? This is the part that we should cut out that I'm probably not going to cut out. You should probably cut it out because I've got nothing yet. Um, quantifications of a better world, or you could say the things blocking a better world. So, so he. Had, we should talk about that. What's getting in the way of? What's this getting world? in the way of the better? Okay, I got it. Boom! Right here, two words: political economy. Okay. Boom! <laughs> Boom! <laughs> this is where we use our catchphrase where I go, "Badadoo!" <laughs> that just means okay. we're done. Period. That's just like bam. So, what's my catchphrase? I don't know. Mine's "Babadoo" though. Badadu or Babadu? Babadu. 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 Um, you keep going. I'm going to think about my catchphrase. The political economy? That's it. That's period. <laughs> oh, it needs no explanation. It needs zero explanation. It's this idea that... I think it's Marx's idea. I'm a communist for all you listeners out there. Woo! Don't tell anyone. Uh, well, I mean, tell your friends, but like not your, your administrative friends. Okay, just... Don't tell them until the moment we rise. Don't don't tell them until you know the time is right. But uh, yeah, Marx talked about how the the system which governs our society today is economics, and um, because economics governs our society, it is how people gain power, and so people power is enshrined in political institutions. So. Economics is kind of enshrined in political institutions. And the thing that's preventing all of our better world is this enshrinement of economy or the of economics, of capitalism, in politics. So there are all these systems set in place designed to keep things keep uh, capitalism in place. By the government? I mean you're you're looking like, over there. Well, no, I was thinking about... I need to reread Marx, okay? You know what? I'm not doing a great job. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, from our perspective, we look at, like, communist Russia or whatever, and we look at all the ways that they tried to um, force their culture into a cookie-cutter mold or, like, prevent it from being tainted by capitalist ideas. But, I mean, capitalist America does the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, it's just not necessarily uh, I saw dictated the... by one person, but it's like a... It's almost like a, an agreed-upon oppression. There's, like... It's like mutually agreed and expected of everyone that we're all going to be complicit in preventing those ideas from taking root. Yeah. Just... It's like tremendous ideological peer pressure. I think, I think it's, it's... Although, I mean, it's not just that. I mean, like, it's supported and enforced by uh, corporate influence, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, every every minute so of every day. Uh, but, I mean, it's. I guess what I'm saying is it's not just, like, the man looking down on us. We do it to each other every day, too. Oh, yeah, totally. So we've we've all collectively drunk the Kool-Aid, so to speak. That's why when someone says, like, I just got fired, you give them a high five. There you go. 
That's, that's, how, that's how you throw this off, okay? But I think it, overall, you're creating a new culture that that like kind of shows that that exposes this political economy. So mm. I'm still not quite sure what you meant, but that's fine. <laughs> Boom, kaboom, or yabadoom, yabadabadoom. Now for the onomatopoeias. I'm thinking my catchphrase should be whoosh. Whoosh. <laughs> no, not not whoosh. Whoosh. Starts with a B. I mean, like Bush the Noel, but whoosh. Or we should like, look up some like like Russian and like learn that. Cheeky bricky blah. Or comrade. It is the, this is how it is, comrade. Or, I don't know. I don't fucking know, man. Yeah. Great. Let's get all of our prejudices and lack of knowledge out there. Let's just air those skeletons out right now. Okay, the Russians started it when they elected Donald Trump. <laughs> Fuck. Are we diving into it? Well, okay. Okay, hold on. Yeah, I think it's totally, I think it's totally relevant. Just like, literally every issue is relevant to the political economy. Okay, honest question. So, I think we can agree that 90% of the alt-right's, like, theories around, like, Seth Rich and Hillary Clinton and, like, the child sex ring and, like, all that stuff and Pizzagate. Although it is true that Hollywood and politics have a remarkable amount of sex scandals recently, I would say that most of those things that they're pushing right now conspiracy bullshit yeah right? i can agree with that what things are the left pushing right now that realistically could also be conspiracy bullshit that i just can't easily identify because i'm stuck in that murky water i mean there are i mean maybe not like, I would say that the Russians didn't hack into the voting servers and add votes to our things. Okay. The way they influenced the election was through, like, psychological things. They, they manipulated social media. And stuff. Right. And this, is, this isn't even, like, a conspiracy theory because it's been backed up by, like, the FBI. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. I mean, that much has been demonst- demonstrably proven. But I'd say a lot... I don't really know what the left is pushing in the news right now. Like, like they're they're pushing outrage at like s- sex offenders, and that's probably a good thing for them to push outrage at. Like, definitely a good thing to push outrage at. What else? Oh, maybe like global warming is a big conspiracy, right? <laughs> I mean, actually, I made I made two jokes this podcast, and I must set the record straight before you all think that I'm a bunch of a global warming denier. Global warming is totally real. I'm just making I'm making a I'm doing a bit. It's a bit, man. Convince the bit. I'm doing a bit. But what do you think? Like what what are they pushing? Give me some examples and I'll tell you what I think's bullshit. Um well I do think there is some truth to the idea that a lot of quote unquote mainstream media is pretty liberally biased. I mean, I mean, I mean, by, okay, but not not as much now as it used to be. Depends right? Depends on how you really define that, right? Yeah. I mean, things like Breitbart are totally mainstream within their circles. I don't have numbers to back it up, but I'm guessing that Breitbart circle is probably a bit more narrow than like. I think this is going to be another one of those false equivalencies. Like you could say that, like I mean, liberally biased in the sense that they choose to present news and the things that further their agenda although here's, like, here's an example uh, I mean it's a bit of a stretch but just hang in there uh, Google right if you look at the little Google doodle things at yeah. the center of the page um, 
what they're trying to do there is portray a very specific corporate image about what Google supports and by extension what it thinks its users okay. should support because pretty much everybody uses Google. Oh, this is actually really interesting. So yeah. you're saying that these these co- news companies like present news that they think their viewers will like. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, because yes, they think cycle. their viewers it's, are liberal... It's a feedback loop. So, like, like, for example, I'm not saying this is bad. This is very good, but recognizing it. What Google puts a lot of emphasis on um, recognizing... Uh, Big days uh, for women, for people of color, um, for momentous achievements in feminism, race equality. Boring. Sorry. <laughs> right. So um, that's, I mean, I think those are really good things to be talking about. But make no mistake, Google is doing that very intentionally to try and set their persona that way. But at the same time, they're also shaping mainstream culture because, again, pretty much everybody uses Google. Right? Mm. Uh, that's it. So, a good point. Although I feel like you're also making the point that society, I mean, is becoming more liberal. If you if you say these things have a liberal bias, then you're saying like society demands a, more liberal news, right? I think that's a fallacy. But I think I would have bought into that fallacy over a year ago oh. before the election. <laughs> oh, look at me! Just well, like, enlightened now over here. I'm just saying that. Um, I think the veneer of our media has definitely become more liberal over time, but there are clearly holdovers and pockets of people who still disagree very strongly with that. Um, and I think over the past year, they've broken through that veneer and kind of found their own space to play around in. I don't see much mainstream socialist media, and I'd be down to see some of that. No, I, there's a difference. Well, okay. Liberal does not I want to hear about the unions that are being broken up still. I want to hear about that shit. Like, I'm not saying liberal is good. I'm just saying it's left. I'm not saying it's socialist. I'm not saying it's communist. I'm not saying it's the end game of where we should be. Yeah, there we go. That's the episode. You, you think these are bad things? Because we need to clarify those are good things. Yeah. We want the left. We, we, we like it that direction. Yeah. Although, I mean, to the viewers, we're totally objective. Totally objective. Yeah, believe everything we say. Um, all I know is these frozen strawberries are about to be real good. They haven't been thawing because it's so fucking cold in this room. Seriously. I it can't. Is... In a perfect world, we could be... All I want is to be able to afford to heat this room. Yeah, no kidding. Without, without word, I mean... I don't want to worry about fucking money. Like, money's the worst. Having money is nice, but, like... Working for it sucks. Working for it sucks. And, like, even having money might not be that nice, because then you're, like, worrying about how you spend it. Like, I could be spending it better. And how you protect it. How you protect it. Like, we read all these books in one of my classes. And the thing... Look at you reading books. Well, I didn't read the books. My class read the books. (laughs) Okay. Sure. My class each read a book, and then they presented on it, had a conversation with the teacher. Okay. And all of these books, kind of, one of the main issues that was talked about was this idea of competition and how competition, like, kind of destroys us. Okay. It, like, makes us... I mean, it does I can push see in my own too. life, and when I compare myself to other people or whatnot, I feel bad because I'm not measuring up or whatnot. Yeah. And... Probably affects us in a lot more profound and unnoticeable ways, much like a false equivalency. Just, just kind of 
try to notice your own comparisons or how competition affects your, your life. And maybe that'll help you understand. I mean, you don't need to understand. It's fine. Forget it. But competition is foundational to capitalism, uh-huh. which is another re- way we can benefit through limiting capitalism. Competition isn't always bad, though. Well, when is it not bad? Um, I mean, it got I, us to I, the moon pretty quick. Cost of the moon. Yeah. I mean, I know that's like a cliche example, but we could have gone to the moon together. Just imagine how much better, more inspiring a story that would have been if after so World War II. paradise is a world where people are driven by cooperation as much as they are by competition. Yeah, that's that's a right. pretty big ask. I mean, I feel like cooperation. Because, like, you could say that, that competition incentivizes people to work harder, right? But but you can get so much more done if you cooperate and work the same amount of hard. like <laughs> Same amount of hard, I like that. Okay. And I feel like that's the, the fundamental argument for my paradise is that together we are stronger. Yeah. Well, that summarizes mine, too. I didn't hear a lot of your... Your communist ideas. I heard about Chipotle and... I really like Chipotle, okay? <laughs> is that so fucking wrong? It is when they're they're a, a product of the man, which is McDonald's, you know? They were at one point. Are they not anymore? I think they split. You can buy Chipotle stock. You can buy a McDonald's store. Really? Yeah. I think they, they like bought themselves out from under McDonald's. Or, I, don't, I don't know. Wow. I'm not a Chipotle expert. Good guy, Chipotle. Look it up if you're fight. interested in Okay. Uh, I want to call here. I mean, do you want to call here? I mean, we're at an hour. Yeah, okay, that's fine. We can call it here. I'll, I'll do a better job next week. I always say this, but it's going to happen. One of these weeks, I'm going to do a good job, and I'll be like, next week I'm probably not going to do as good of a job. And then we'll both die. <laughs> I'll be elect. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed. Um, if not, hopefully you stick it out at least one or two more and just hopefully follow with us. Hopefully it'll get some more good. Hopefully you didn't start here. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully you started with episode one, which was the robot Whoa, sex episode. Hopefully you started with episode like 30 and it was good by then. Yeah, okay. Okay. But hopefully if you got to episode 30 and you haven't listened to episode one, go back and listen to episode one. What's robot sex is a really good topic. Really? No, did we do a good job? No, but it was funny. <laughs> was it sort funny? of. Sort of funny. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it wasn't that. If you like us, you might have liked it a little bit. Yeah. It might make you breathe through your nose slightly faster than usual. Yeah, that's all you can ask for in this day and age. Anyway, um, sign off. Stay frosty. Does that work? Fine. Okay. Stay frosty. All right. I've been pink. And you've been listening to Tangents of a Better World. Stay frosty. Stay frosty.